This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Uh, you can find me at reallifepharmacology.com, also on LinkedIn as well. And of course, I want to remind you, go to reallifepharmacology.com, uh, take advantage of that top 200 study guide, 31-page PDF, absolutely free to you. I highlight the most important uh, clinical pearls from each of those top 200 drugs. So absolutely uh, must have a little resource there. So today I'm going to cover Alendronate, which the brand name of that medication is Fosamax. Uh, this is from a uh, class of medications used in the management of osteoporosis. So being a bisphosphonate, uh, mechanistically, how this drug works is the drug ultimately blocks the action of osteoclasts. Okay, so if you go back to physiology uh, and you remember osteoclasts and osteoblasts, the easiest way I remember it is osteoblasts build bone and osteoclasts break them down. Okay. So blast build, class, break them down. Now, by inhibiting osteoclasts, we're essentially inhibiting that breakdown of the bone, sometimes called decreasing bone resorption. And that's going to ultimately increase bone mineral density, which makes your bones stronger, obviously, and uh, helps fight off some of the negative aspects of, of osteoporosis. So that's how the, the drug works. With administration, this is probably one of the most important patient education points. And this is definitely uh, what I see patients uh, get tripped up on or forget about most often is how to administer the drug. So remember these important points. So 30 minutes before food, water, other medications, everything. Very, very important to remember that because uh, these drugs have a very low absorption rate and if we're doing other things with taking that oral medication, that's going to block that absorption even further and you're not going to get as much benefit from the medication. Okay, so that's step one with administration. Very important about that. Uh, next, plain water. So administer with plain water. Again, avoiding um, any type of you know 
mineral water or juices or anything that you know could potentially have components in it that may block that absorption. Next thing to remember, patients need to remain upright after they take this dose for at least 30 minutes. Uh, also, as well as um, until they they start to intake food uh, for the first part of their day. Okay, so don't lay down for at least 30 minutes and until after you've eaten. So if they get up, they take it, and they're sitting, standing for an hour, two hours, whatever, that's that's great before they, they eat. Um, that's, that's all well and good, but make sure that they um, eat if they go lay back down. Now, the likelihood of, of patients doing that once they're up for the day is probably pretty low, but I think it is an important point uh, to certainly remember. So hopefully that, that made sense in the, the way I explained it there. Um, be very careful with medications that also require, or often it's recommended, to have early morning administration time. So there's two that come to mind that I've seen uh, co-administered with bisphosphonates like alendronate many, many times. So thyroid pill and PPIs. So those often are administered early in the morning, before meals, that type of thing. Um, definitely pay attention to that if a patient's on that and make sure they have a process in place to avoid co-administration there. All right, so let's move on and talk about adverse effects. So the first one I want to talk about, we can tie this in to why a patient needs to remain upright. Alendronate and the, bisphos- the oral bisphosphonates, uh, they increase the risk significantly for uh, esophageal irritation, uh, potential for ulceration if it's severe enough. So very, very important to remember that. Also looking at your patient's history, uh, do they have severe esophagitis? Do they have esophageal strictures? Do they have a significant you know, GI bleed or ulceration history? Uh, very important to take a look at that and make sure they're a candidate for an oral bisphosphonate or it's going to work for them. Uh, or if we need to maybe consider other injectable bisphosphonates or, or whatever else we, we might consider for that specific patient. So uh, very, very important to remember that adverse effect. And if you teach the, the patients why we need to remain upright after taking the dose, um, that can help help you remember that, that adverse effect. Uh, there are some uh, electrolyte um, changes that, that can happen on account of um, alendronate. So lower Calcium, it makes sense if we're not taking calcium out of the bone, um, we might have a lower amount of calcium in the bloodstream. So it's important to remember that. Uh, also some, you know, potentially non-significant, uh, usually non-significant changes in uh, phosphorus or phosphate levels as well. Uh, other kind of rare stuff with bisphosphonates and alendronate, uh, atypical femur fractures can happen. So this is a situation where if that happens, um, it's probably a point at, at which you'd uh, stop and, and reassess that therapy and see, are they benefiting from this therapy? Do we believe uh, this atypical fracture is likely on account of um, the bisphosphonate? Uh, and and kind of reassess from there with kind of each individual patient. And similar, uh, osteonecrosis of the jaw. Very, very 
controversial, extremely, extremely rare. Um, that's important to remember because patients will um, definitely look that up on the internet and, and see that, that that is a, a potential adverse effect. Um, there are some uh, risk factors, and I won't go through them all, but um, oral surgery is one, uh, cancer, uh, also treatment uh, of cancer potentially with certain chemotherapy agents can potentially increase that risk for uh, osteonecrosis of the jaw. Now, there is one recommendation that I have seen floating around and used out there um, from different different organizations, and that's the recommendation if a patient is at risk or if a patient's having a, an invasive dental procedure or something um, to potentially hold the bisphosphonate for a couple of months, for example. Um, I don't, I'm not aware of any evidence, at least at this point, that that actually does help. It, it may uh, make the, the providers feel better for sure. But um, again, you know, there, there may be new evidence that comes out about this, but I haven't seen any saying that that yep, absolutely helps or lowers the risk. Um, and again, this is, is so rare that, that it is kind of difficult sometimes to, to study that. In my mind, it doesn't really make sense that it would work because just thinking about the half-life of a lendronate, I mean, the half-life of a lendronate is years and years and years. And, you know, by holding it for a couple of months, I don't think it would, you know, alter significantly the, the potential um, of that drug being totally out of the body. So um, that's just kind of my uh, logical thought process. But um, keep in mind, you know, double check the literature, things change over time. Um, but definitely uh, keep that in mind because that is something uh, patients uh, and providers have asked me before uh, for specific opinions on that. Uh, dosing, 70 milligrams once a week. Um, it's important with weekly dosing to remember those odd intervals um, and ensure that patients are actually taking the medication. Okay, This is, again, another medication where it's like you don't get any noticeable benefit from after taking the medication. You know, it's not like a pain relieving medication where you take a med and the pain goes away. Um, so sometimes that's that's a little bit harder for patients to remember to take those because there's nothing really uh, prompting them to, to take it. So um, with that, let's take a quick break and we'll uh, cover drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, if you're looking for books on clinical pearls and kind of leaning into your education on how to manage medications, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. If you're a pharmacy student, we've also got content there. Uh, if you're preparing for NAPLEX, absolutely uh, go check out the links there uh, to all that content. As far as our pharmacist certification study materials, We've got BCPS, BCACP, BCMTMS, and BCGP as well. So uh, go support the sponsor, method101.com, and help keep this podcast free and educational for all to enjoy. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions. So there aren't a ton of drug interactions with bisphosphonates um, and alendronate specifically, uh, the one that's going to come up most often and why we educate our patients to take it by itself are binding interactions. We don't want to take any meds with alendronate because it's going to reduce absorption and essentially make the drug ineffective. So 
that's very, very important, first and foremost. Um, as far as drug interactions go, uh, that's what you certainly should think of. Uh, from an adverse effects perspective, uh, I do think about uh, GI irritation. So patients at risk for that, um, maybe they're taking NSAIDs or aspirin or something. Um, patients already at risk for that, where we can have those additive effects uh, of alendronate adding on to uh, GI irritation from an NSAID, for example. And then, you know, lastly, I, I did mention kind of in osteonecrosis, uh, there are certain potential medications that can um, increase that risk. Again, very, very rare, very uncommon. Um, but if you're, you have a patient that's on uh, chemotherapy, being actively treated for cancer, um, there are certain agents that can uh, or have been associated with an increased risk of osteonecrosis. So those are a few drug interactions, not a ton, again, with um, alendronate and the class of bisphosphonates in general but I think some important ones to uh, consider and, and take note of. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up today. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, found it helpful, definitely uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Go subscribe, sign up, uh, get emails when we got new podcasts available, and we'll also get you that free 31-page uh, PDF of important clinical pearls with the top 200 drugs. You can track me down at reallifepharmacology.com or uh, LinkedIn is probably the best social media platform that I'm most active on. Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. Signing off for today. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.